Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports. Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports with Tyler Drake and Lauren Koval. One last ride at State Farm Stadium did not go the way the Arizona Cardinals had hoped for. What's going on, everybody? Tyler Drake here alongside co-host Lauren Koval for another edition of Cardinals Corner as the Cardinals were on the losing end of their Week 18 matchup against the Seattle Seahawks, 21-20. Season finale, next stop offseason. And yes, last ride, shout out to Buddha for his tweet that had... I think 50% of the fan base a little worried because he didn't clarify if it was the last ride as a Cardinal or last ride for the regular season. Last ride for the regular season for the Cardinals corner, at least. So, Lauren, how you doing? What was your uh, first thoughts on that uh, 21-20 game? I think it's funny that you bring up the Buddha tweet because I also saw you do a little riff on that <laughs> on your own social media yes, there, yes. talking about being at State Farm Stadium for the last time. In parentheses, this year. This year. You'll be Hopefully. back. Hopefully. Hopefully I'll be back. Yeah, you'll be <laughs> we'll back. See. You'll be back. Let's we'll see what the exit interview is. <laughs> <laughs> um, before this game started heading into this matchup, um, I would say the Cardinals' number one rival, the Seahawks, most heated over the past few years, mm-hmm. especially. Cardinals fans were kind of a mixed bag. You win, your draft pick moves back. Yeah. You lose you're still in the bidding for Marvin Harrison. So it was this odd sort of conflicting feeling between rooting for the Cardinals, but also rooting for their future. Yeah. Um, Did I think it would come down to a absolute last second field goal in which Matt Prater had been 23 of 23 in game winning field goals in the final two minutes. He missed his first one tonight. Yeah. And it was his second one of the night, too. His second missed one. The guy that if the Cardinals, if the Cardinals could add another person to the Pro Bowl, my mind goes. It would have to be Prater. Prater. Yeah. Prater. And Trey Connor. Mc, and Trey McBride yeah. is actually a close second if there. If Trey got a full season, I think he would be. I agree. Mm-hmm. And to have your almost your number one score for the Cardinals early there on in the season in Matt Prater. Oh, 100% he's the leading scorer. Like 104 four points, I think, now? Yes. 100, 100, over 100 after today, for sure. And I think he's at 401 for made field goals. Wow. Exactly. He could have cemented this kind of closing final note for the Cardinals. Obviously, it shouldn't have come down to a game-winning field goal. Mm -hmm. But that is the last sort of sour note of this season for the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. And exactly how you said it, it probably shouldn't have came down to that. Because again, just like last week, the Cardinals just really didn't get going until later on in the game. They started first two punt or first two drives were punts. They had two field goals after that, but no scores in the, or no touchdowns in that first half while the Seahawks went field goal punt, touchdown field goal. Then the Cardinals woke up in the second half once again. They went touchdown, punt, touchdown, and then were in the position to have those field goals for a couple more points, six more points, but Miss field goals there. That's all she wrote. That's basically the game. And yeah, it, I, it looked a lot. It didn't look as clean, I think, as last game in the second half. But you could still see like, oh, yeah, things were starting to click. Things were starting to get there. But just not enough to overcome, you know, once again, being down early. I was excited at the beginning of the game because that first pass that Kyler has to Trey McBride for, I believe, 
25 yards to start the game yeah. looked so promising. It looked like the all the components of successful scoring drives that the Cardinals have had this season has sort of been long chunk plays involving Trey McBride and just sort of beating the yeah. opposing defense. Yep. And that is exactly what that first pass to him looked like. And then, like you said, the rest of the first half was just sort of this downhill trot mm-hmm. until they got to the second. Yeah, it was really, it was just a, I don't want to say boring game, but it was just a game where it was like, whoa, we're already through the first quarter. This just, it just the game was weird. It was weird through the first half. It was a classic Cardinal Seahawks game, I feel like, for everybody that watches that matchup every single year, twice a year. It's not a game I would recommend for anybody to watch if you are not a fan of, of those yes. two teams. They can be mm-hmm. a, a, a slug to get through. Yes, yes, it can be. But luckily... There was a couple of high points to the game today. Obviously, the, the loss was there for the Cardinals. They moved to 4-13 and on the season. But James Conner, 1,000 yards for the first time in his seven-year career, I believe it is. That's, that's a feat. And I cannot believe it took seven years for him to get it because I think he was at 973 in 2018 with Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, he went off. He had a career day on the ground just today, 150 yards and a touchdown. That was the most rushing yards he's had as a pro in a single game on top of hitting that 1,000-yard mark. Just, I mean, James Conner is the lifeblood of this team right now. He was voted on by myself and a handful of others for the PFWA, the Arizona chapter, Pro Football Writers of America, for the Cardinals MVP because it was just a clear... He was the guy. I mean, he embodies what this team wants off the field, on the field, everything. Jonathan Gannon calls him just one of his go-to guys to get things off his chest, to bounce things off. Like, hey, did this message get received or what can I do differently? He spoke about how, you know, Connor has given him some criticism of, hey, you need to push these guys a little bit or, hey, you need to let off the gas a little bit. And it's really helped Gannon. You can just hear the way how Gannon talks. I mean, he's got to really collect himself to really get into about a two-minute answer about James Conner every time we bring him up. I mean, he is that good. He's got that much respect and he's got to be one of those guys where you look into the offseason like you just you got to put some more years on this on this deal because he is very much what makes this offense go. Obviously Kyler's back and he's doing really I think he's doing really well after this eight game sample size, but Conner at the end of the day, that's where you've got to have this offense roll through. And also, he had an 1,000-yard rushing season in which he missed a month of games for an injury. When you think about the fact that he came back from that injury, rehabbed so quickly, and got it together to still have a 1,000 yards rushing is incredible. And today's game was sort of the perfect example to me of how James Conner fits into this offense. Because anytime Kyler was under pressure, mm-hmm. felt like the play that they had called didn't work. His option immediately was a check down to Connor, and Connor was ready to go. We've brought up so many times on this podcast that he's a tough runner. He yeah. just puts his head down. Now, the Seahawks rank 30th overall in run defense, and that was definitely exploited by the yes. Cardinals today, but that doesn't diminish at all. All the accomplishments this season that James Conner has been able to do and be a leader on and off the field for them. Yeah. Yeah. We talked to him post game. He was just I mean, obviously, he he didn't like that. It was a loss, but just said he was feeling very grateful and I mean, really just excited about next year and, and moving forward and what this team can be. 
And I, I mean, another guy we got to shout out is Michael Wilson because he's putting up another. He had another great game too. Six catches, ninety-five yards, almost a hundred yards. And like you said, Connor with the checkdowns, four catches, four targets, fifty-four yards. He was that guy. I mean, Connor led for most of the game as the, as the leading receiver until Wilson there at the end. And Wilson, I think, just deserves a lot of credit for hanging in and remaining confident in a up and down season had some injury uh, issues but his chemistry is getting better with Kyler and I think it's just a matter of more reps and more time on task with each other I believe it was the first pass that Kyler Murray threw to Michael Wilson and he actually uh Wilson went, he caught it and went down onto one knee and got up and ran. Oh, yeah. And the yeah. official came back and said, no, 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 mm-hmm. you're down. But what amused me the most about that play was, is Kyler threw it a little low for him and a little to the side. And what I took from that watching it was, he's been throwing the ball to Hollywood to yeah. Dorch, to Higgins, to these guys who smaller. are who are smaller mm-hmm. and aren't built like your typical wide receiver. And the way that Michael Wilson had to sort of bend down <laughs> and catch it a little uncomfortably, and that's why he fell to the ground, was almost like, yes, Kyler, you do have a wide receiver on this team when he's healthy that can truly showcase exactly what it would be like to sort of have this more open, free-flowing offense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, I think Wilson just... Like I said, it's just about getting reps and staying healthy. I think he could really be a solid second punch to a one-two punch of a wide receiver room that is very revamped. Like He's got the size. He's got the contested catch ability, which I think that is underrated for him. So he just he has the makings of being a guy that can be a really big contributor moving next year and be a consistent one as long as he can stay healthy. That's the big one. Staying healthy is a problem for him in college. At Stanford, he had issues staying healthy. I think Wilson has solidified himself as a very solid number two option. I think there still needs to be a number one ride receiver on this team, which is why when we look forward to the draft in a little bit, everybody has their eyes peeled on Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm -hmm. But it's also, as the Cardinals, you have to feel confident in the fact that Michael Wilson really looks like he could turn into something as the number two. And let's not forget, you have a stud tight end Mm -hmm. in Trey McBride. Mm -hmm. You have another option. There are a lot of NFL teams out there who don't have three very solid options, especially bigger built guys. And this could truly be a 180 for the Cardinals from going from these smaller, quicker wide receivers who maybe haven't panned out for them as Mm -hmm. well as the Cardinals have hoped to these bigger, more dominating wide receivers and tight ends. Yep. 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 And I think that's going to do wonders for this team. I think we've seen the experiment of having guys that are that that are shorter and nothing against them, but you got to have guys that can go up there and make those contested catches and, and really flip the game on its head sometimes and I think getting a guy like we'll get to it later but Marvin Harrison Jr. or Mike Wilson getting him to the next level having a a really solid offseason NFL offseason of getting the proper weight up what he needs to get just body wise where he wants to improve I think that will do wonders for him just from going from the college offseason to now an NFL offseason but obviously it's a loss that's tough 4-13 and it's going to be one of those seasons where you're not really going to be looking at the 2023 Arizona Cardinals and seeing success. Like, it doesn't wow you. But I've got to say this because after the game in the lo- or in the media room, 
We're talking with head coach Jonathan Gannon. We're talking with running back uh, James Conner. Talking with quarterback Kyler Murray. The optimism that all these guys had afterwards was really impressive, and and I think it starts with Gannon. I mean, we'll play the cut. Gannon was so obviously he's going to say the loss hurts, stings. Don't want that for the team. But he was so jacked of just what he saw from this unit and what it can be moving forward. You know, they fought all year, went through a lot of adversity, and um, good things are on the horizon. And uh, I told them, too. I said, I've never been more enthused going to an offseason in my life, so they're ready to come with me. Year one, with the roster you've got, what more can you ask for? I mean, I think this Cardinals team showed a lot of people what they can be despite only having four wins. I mean, there was a lot of adversity. There was multiple quarterbacks every week until Kyler got back. And obviously, Kyler went three and five as a starter since he returned, and that's not the greatest number, but there's clear progress moving forward. And and Kyler himself, he went 22 of 30, 73.3% for 262 yards and a touchdown. He had one sack, no picks. He had 110.7 rating. He, though... I think stole the show with quotes because he dove into his excitement and really the complete 180, and I will let him explain it, of what he's seeing out of this team. Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's like refreshing. It's refreshing. Um, I mean, I can't, yeah, it's refreshing. <laughs> Just, um, you know, to have, you know, guys upstairs that, you know, believe in it um, and really speak to it and, and hold everybody accountable. Um, you know, it, it trickles down, you know, it starts at the top. You know, and I think every, you know, great organization, business understand, you know, it starts at the top and, and the guys really believe in what, and what they're, you know, what they're, what they're preaching. So I'm very, you know, I'm very confident in what, what we got going. You don't normally hear that from quarterback Kyler Murray, do you? No, especially from a quarterback Kyler Murray that over the past few seasons, once you get to the end of this losing unsuccessful season, sort of looks tapped out. Yep. Looks like he's exhausted. Looks like he's given up. Mm-hmm. And hearing that from him proves that this coaching staff and this environment that he's in seems to be working a lot better for him. I know that Jonathan Gannon earlier in the week said, Kyler Murray's our guy going forward. I have the most confidence in him and basically turned to the fans and media and said, you should too. Yeah, And he keeps reaffirming that and that confidence back on Kyler seems to really be paying off. I mean, he's still, what, a 26-year-old guy? He still needs a little bit of confidence. You still need to be sure that you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing that stood out to me was the fact that he called this one of his favorite teams he's ever been a part of. And that was something that, I mean, let's look at Kyler's track record. He made the playoffs with the Cardinals. You'd think that would be up there. He's won some big games in college. I think he was undefeated in high school. Mm -hmm. He never lost in high school. This team, this four and thirteen team, nowhere near the playoffs, closer to a top pick in the draft, like that says so much in my opinion, and especially Kyler going as far as to say that, because in past years, I think a lot of us can say Kyler, after the season's done, we don't really hear much from Kyler. This right here, I, I did not expect him to go this far. I didn't expect him to say all that. I knew that he was he's he's been gelling with Gannon. He's been gelling with Monty. He's on the same page with them. He's in lockstep with them. He's talked to Gannon or he's talked to us about how when he first met Gannon, it almost felt like he was meeting his best friend for the first time. 
that just they spoke the same type of language. So it's not surprising that side of it, but it's just surprising that he went back and and just said, you know, there's more accountability. Like I can trust the guys are are all in upstairs. Like that right there, that's big. Without saying specific names, he's letting you know how he's feeling. And with this season now being over, we know what happened. We know where they're drafting. It'll be exciting to look towards this offseason because Kyler was still rehabbing from that ACL injury. I'm excited to see an offseason under coach Jonathan Gannon and OC Drew Petzing where he can learn to thrive and even like develop more plays towards him. It sounds so simple, Mm -hmm. but when you're just sitting on the sidelines and you're so focused on coming back from your ACL the best that you can, now getting an offseason with these guys to Mm -hmm. create that kind of team, not even offensive, but team environment that you want, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, quarterbacks coach Israel Wolfork even told us on Friday that he's excited for the offseason because Kyler doesn't have to have that aspect of rehabbing the whole time. He can focus on football. He can focus on making those football moves instead of doing straight line running or like just trying to get to that point in his rehab. So that's that's a huge thing. And I'm going to take it one step further. It's going to be very refreshing, as Kyler said, to not have to have the constant back and forth of is Kyler Murray the Cardinals franchise quarterback or not? Because the last two years, that's I mean, that'll make your head spin. So it's it's a great it's great that they got it out of the way before this final game, because that would have been nothing. Everything that we would want to know and what we should be asking, that would be it. But they got it out of the way this week. And now you move into the offseason, that's one less messy thing you have to get into. It's great. I That's for a team that's trying to build their culture back up and really show that culture shock and turn it around. That's exactly the type of thing you need to be doing. And in a draft where there are so many question marks on what the top teams are going to do, now you know. Don't have to go out there and get a Caleb Williams. Mm -hmm. Don't have to go out there and get a Drake May. And deal with the dead money hit. And deal with all the moving and shaking that that's going to come with that. And deal with the roster construction that you might not be able to get to because you have to deal with the money that's put away because of the whole Kyler situation. There are so many moving pieces to if the Cardinals had decided to move on from Kyler Murray that it just makes my head spin. So the fact that they came out before this game, before the beginning of the offseason and said, this is our plan, this is what we're going to do, and we're 100% behind our guy Kyler Murray, now you can look towards the draft and go, okay, quarterback's off the board. We're we're moving on. And now that they have their pick, and they also have the Texans pick, Mm -hmm. you can look more towards building around Kyler. Yep. Building the team that he will most succeed with instead of sort of leaving these question marks on if, ands, or buts. Yes. Well, speaking of the draft, we've got into it enough. Uh, 21-20, once again, Cardinals are on the losing end one more time in the regular season to the Seattle Seahawks. Let's get in the draft because that's where the next step is. And uh, let's start it with this. A certain wide receiver liked a post by the NFL of Matt Prater missing his kick against the Seahawks. Would you like to guess who it was? Would it be an Ohio State wide receiver, perhaps? Yes, he knows Paris Johnson pretty good. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. out there liking right. content? Yeah, and you can take it for however you want to take it, but I think we all saw that and we're like, whoa. That's pretty interesting because with the loss, Cardinals are officially in the number four spot. So... I think a lot of us have been talking about top three. That's where Marvin's going to be. Rhymes. Um, Jane Daniels, though, could easily be that third pick. 
which where? ASU fans are probably cringing right now. But that means Marvin could still be available at number four. And I, we've talked about it. We've already got into it. Marvin, it just seems like that's that's the way to go. It seems like he's the guy Mm -hmm. in the sense that he's truly a generational talent. So whichever team winds up with him will sort of be knocked out. You knocked out the draft. You're great. You got it. Yep. Before they were cemented as the number four pick, I was wondering if they would maybe trade down because Marvin Harrison was going to go top three. Would they try to pick up some more draft picks? Would they try to acquire maybe a veteran player from another team using those draft picks that they have in that draft capital that they have? Number four seems like a safe place to get Marvin Harrison for the time being. The real question mark in this draft continues to be what are the Chicago Bears going to do at number one? That's, That's where it starts. And obviously, number one's where it starts. But I think as soon as Chicago figures out what they're doing, either trading the pick or making a pick, it's gonna there's gonna be a lot of a lot of moving and shaking from the rest of the top ten. Of okay, this is where we got to get to now. <laughs> like here we go. And last season, the Bears had the number one overall pick and traded that away, getting DJ Moore from the Panthers along with a plethora of other picks. And Great that. Game. That was announced fairly early yeah, on. it was. That move was made weeks before the draft actually happened. So if the Bears decided to do a similar move, it would be helpful for Cardinals fans in their projection of, can we actually end up with Marvin Harrison Jr.? Yep, yep, exactly. And so on top of their number four pick, let's take a trip down to the wild card round and you'll find the Houston Texans, which the Cardinals own that pick too from last year's draft, the draft date trade that ended up with them eventually getting Paris Johnson. They had to do a couple of couple of moves there, but uh, Houston Texans, 21 overall. I don't think any of us thought that was going to be the case heading into the season. No, I was oh going to my gosh. I was going to say funny because during the before the season had started during the offseason, we all looked back and we went, hey, are the Cardinals going to get one and two? Yeah, well, I mean, it went from, are they going to get one and two to, okay, Stroud might be better than we thought. Okay, one in a top five pick or and then it went from there to like okay maybe two picks inside the top five okay maybe now it's two picks inside the top 15 and now it's maybe it stay maybe you get back into the 19 range maybe maybe but they're they are playoff bound Houston Texans I mean they could go as high as 32 if they go all the Mm. way I don't see that happening. I don't see it happening. I don't see I that could happening. See them, I could see a, a, a round one win. Who do they have round one? I knew you were going to ask me that question. I got to get the good journalistic questions in yeah. here. Oh, it's going to be Browns and Texans. All right. A Saturday midday showdown in Arizona. 2.30 Arizona time, I should say. Okay. Uh, the Browns taking on the Texans in, in Houston. Houston. That is quite the showdown. A Joe Flacco v. C.J. Stroud. I'm curious on what the biggest discrepancy between age, yes, between playoff quarterbacks would be. Yeah. Joe Flacco v. C.J. Stroud. That's got to be close. That's got to be. That's got to be the yeah. That's got to be the biggest discrepancy because you've got Tua versus Mahomes. You've got who? Mason Rudolph versus Allen or Pickett. Then you've got Love and. Dak. 
<laughs> okay, so that the Texans. Oh, and then you got Stafford and uh, Goff. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. going to be one that's, too. That's the game of the playoffs. That's going to be a fun one. That first round, that Rams Lions game, the storylines coming mm-hmm. out of that. Woof. And then Eagles and Tampa, so Baker and Jalen. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. You got the old man versus the young buck. So I don't know who comes out of that game. The early lines are saying Cleveland two and a half as of Sunday night. I don't know where I land. I mean, C.J. Stroud doesn't have NFL playoff experience, obviously being a rookie quarterback. And Mm -hmm. Joe Flacco has a plethora of NFL playoff experience. Mm -hmm. Um, He does. I'm intrigued to see. Obviously, we'll keep an eye on the results of that so that then we know where the Cardinals pick will end up. Oh, yeah. But... An intriguing first-round matchup for the Texans. Yes, it is, and I think they can. I, I think they could win it. I just, I think they've got enough firepower. I think Nico Collins, the way he's been playing, they could very much give them a problem. But again, Cleveland is the toughest, toughest defense. Yards per game, they lead the league, two seventy point two. The, I would say passing. That's that's in their top of passing too. So I mean, it's it's going to be iron versus iron. That'll be a true showdown. C.J. Stroud has to get rid of the ball quick because the Browns will pass rush him all the time. It might come down to Devin Singletary. They give up over 100 yards on the ground rushing. All right. So it could be a Devin Singletary game. All right. Something to keep your eye on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, One other thing that could have draft implications is D.J. Humphreys tore his ACL. Yes. And that needs to be brought up because there could be a lot of ramifications moving forward because that might very well impact what they do in the draft. Obviously, Kelvin Beecham's around for another year, and I think it's going to be solid with him in Paris, but they've got to get somebody in there to learn and take over eventually because Beach isn't going to be here forever. Uh, Humphreys, that's that's terrible. It sucks. It's I mean, you could tell Gannon was really bummed about it. The team's been bummed about it. And I, there's also the possibility, you never know, he might not be back because there's a lot no. there, there's some savings you can get with getting him off the books and when the cardinals decided to draft paris i think that was the a first sign. the first step in sort of a goodbye for mm-hmm. the cardinals to dj mm-hmm. which cardinals fans have to be very emotional about because dj has been a great leader a great player a great guy for this team yeah. overall through all these different organizational changes that he's overcome I know that Paris spoke earlier this week about how DJ truly is a mentor and Mm -hmm. a brother to him. There was a specific bit I had heard earlier in the week in which Paris said, DJ is like my brother. My mom would say so, too. Yeah. And I thought that just proves this like deep emotional connection in the sense that DJ could have been like, wow, you're drafting my replacement. K. See ya. See ya. Bye. I'm yeah. not going to help not, you yeah. grow. Ryan this is, Yeah, yep. exactly. This is not my job. This is not my role. And instead, he took on truly like a big brother mentorship role with Paris, which majorly paid off this season. I mean, Paris was everything you wanted him to be in a first round draft. Oh, pick. yeah. I mean, even Will Hernandez, we talked to him after the game today and he said like, all of us are going to be surprised with how big of a jump he can take just because of what he sees. And, and he even said, like, obviously, if you're a top 10 first round pick, like you should be good. But this guy is going to be great. I mean, it was Will Hernandez doesn't say much. But when he does say something like that, I mean, you got to listen, because that was that was a really, really, really big positive in, in Paris Johnson's way. And and yeah, like I said, DJ Humphrey's ACL tear. He's the latest Cardinal to go to uh, IR, along with Dante Stills, who has a knee. Hollywood Brown. You weren't here last week. 
No. We really good to talk about it. Hollywood Brown on the IR. Ends his contract year unceremoniously. He talked this week about how he wants to be back. How yeah, he, thinks he said, of course, he would love to be. He, would, he really wants to be back. He likes the culture. He likes the team. He likes what they're building. He's got his best friend, Kyler Murray, out there. I would say goodbye. I, I would say goodbye if you want a multi-year deal and try to get paid like number one. Yes, and I think that Michael Wilson has moved into that wide receiver two role. I still think you need a wide receiver one, and Hollywood is not a wide receiver one. No, I don't think he is either. Uh, yeah, I, and I think you either you either get the prove it deal or you take a discount and you come back from two or three year deal and go from there. I, but at the same time, you're in his position coming off another year of injury or kind of dealing with injury you're probably going to want to get paid and yeah. i don't th- and i think there's going to be a team out there that pays somebody or that will pay brown close to what he wants i mean look at last year or look at when christian kirk left he means he's making a lot of money and he's doing really well but i think a lot of people saw that as like wow he got overpaid yeah and Hollywood is still an incredibly talented wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He had the injury bug this season a little bit and not a great contract year for him wrapping this up. It's also hard for him to judge. He didn't have Kyler Murray out there with him for more than half the season. And so you couldn't really see everything that he was about. It was a rough contract year for Hollywood in multiple ways and his yeah. performance and circumstances out of his control. I wouldn't mind a one year cheaper deal back for him just to sort of get his legs back under him, rehab from this injury, and learn the system as best as possible. Like you said, though, if he wants a multi-year deal with money, especially coming off this season, I wouldn't blame him, but I wouldn't bring him back if I was the Cardinals. Yeah. Yep. And that's that's right where I'm about at two. One uh, random stat I got to throw out there real quick that I just, I totally forgot to bring it up earlier. Buda Baker almost surpassed Kaiser White for most tackles. What, uh, are, what are the final numbers? So Kaiser's still number one on the team with 90, 11 games played. Buda Baker's at 87 with 11 or with 12 games played. I thought you were going to say Buda almost got his interception that we've all been oh, waiting for. Oh, that too. Because he almost did. If he if his arms were just two inches longer, yep. he catches that ball. Uh, but this is fifth consecutive year Pro Bowl, Buda Baker. Way to bring that up because that's where I was going next. Yep, Buda Baker made the Pro Bowl, which quite a few people are uh, are arguing about that. Antoine Winfield Jr. and Senior, but uh, <clears throat> we'll let that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Buda Baker, another Pro Bowl, and I mean he talked to us. He said it's definitely a blessing again. Uh, that was I loved how he put again at the end of it. It's like yeah, it's awesome. Uh, just another guy like a Connor. Like he's he's just the guy that is the leader on that unit for the defense. And who knows what the future holds? How much longer he's got as a Cardinal? But as JG has said, as Monty has said, as multiple coaches have said, that's the guy they want in the building. That's the guy who other people can learn from, just like a James Connor. And he represents the Arizona Cardinals to me. When mm-hmm. I think of the team, I think of Buda Baker. That is the first guy that comes to mind for me. Uh, he leads the way for me in terms of leadership and development and just being one of the guys. Um, I know that a lot of people felt like his Pro Bowl was sort of it, it, like he, he other people got snubbed. 
yeah for him to be put in uh his numbers are not great and not totally reflective of this amazing season yeah but he does so many intangibles Mm -hmm. that truly make him deserve this fifth pro bowl yes a hundred percent agree there and i mean and even going back to hollywood brown i when you talk to the coaches yeah the production they'll be the first people hollywood will be the first person to say yeah the production wasn't there but they still think that he proved a lot he still thinks that he proved a lot to himself just beating man coverage getting off press just a lot of things that he can use moving forward and hopefully you know hopefully they can come to an agreement and keep building on that but yeah it just talking with drew terrell he had nothing but good things to say about hollywood about how hard of a worker he is and i mean shout out to hollywood too i mean the pfwa we gave him the good guy award because he out of everybody was asked more about kyler because of course he is he spent more time talking with us than anybody else on a, on a whim in the locker room. And, you know, shout out to him for doing that. We appreciate it. He says, you know, everybody's got to do a job. I'm just trying to help you guys. You guys help me. Like, kind of that synergy type thing. So, that was cool. So, congrats to him on that. Um, I really don't have anything else to say on this game. And we haven't really talked about this game the last little bit of this podcast. But uh, I, I've got nothing else. The season's a wrap. 21-20. Cardinals on the losing end to the Seattle Seahawks. But before we go, I just want to say thank you to everybody for following along once again. It's been a fun ride. Year three for me covering the Cardinals full time. Shout out to Lauren for jumping in mid-season. I appreciate it. I'm glad we got the trade worked out. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And, you know, we'll be back for more even in the offseason. Oh, yeah. And that's right where I was going to. It's going to be a busy one. It's not going to be like the past couple years. This one is going to be really, really, really busy. A lot of moving parts. A lot of signings to happen big draft so be sure to keep it locked here arizonasports.com 98.7 the arizona sports app follow us on az cards corner you can follow me at t drake for sports you can follow lauren at colville underscore lauren and just keep on trucking as the off season begins because it's gonna keep going and yes one door closes on the regular season but the next one opens with the off season and we are gonna be here with you every step of the way and while there will be no more cardinals football this year or until training camp just remember to enjoy football playoffs are happening super bowl is gonna happen and then we're getting right back into the nitty-gritty of the arizona cardinals we'll see you next time